With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's always soccer in Philadelphia. We actually have uh, some, some positive things to talk about this week. A big three points for your town, your team, your Philadelphia Union. Kevin Kincaid and joining me today on the podcast. Uh, somebody who has been on the podcast before under different circumstances, but now these are better circumstances because we have good things to talk about. The last time he came on, we were talking about the United States failing to qualify for the World Cup. He's Rush Joy, my co-worker, colleague from CrossingBroad.com. Russ, what's good, man? Hey, Kevin. Hey, people. People listening. Yeah, this is a lot better, isn't it? You know, we this aren't going to be we're going to be breaking down the uh, the Zweite Bundesliga or anything today to talk about, <laughs> you know, reforming the entire U.S. Soccer Federation. So I guess that's good. And by God, Kevin, we got a victory. You know, boring Doshkal himself pounded a uh, landed oh. a Landon Donovan World Cup against what was it Ghana? Is that the one where he uh, he uh, roofed it on the keeper? <laughs> no, side? no, like, that was a Slovenia, I think. Oh, uh, Slovenia. Yeah. Uh, Rest but it was peace. the World Cup, yeah, Landon Eastern Donovan Europe. World Cup. Yeah, boring Dutch call, huh? I think that's that sounds like something you might want to elaborate on uh, a little bit later. But And I'm going to let you do that. But first, as Kanye West once said, uh, I want Russ to tell everybody, tell all of the loyal Always Soccer in Philadelphia listeners, uh, what he is doing with Phil Kaidel uh, right now with Crossing Broad FC, uh, which is uh, a sister podcast of ours on the Crossing Broad Podcast Network. So, Russ, take it away, man. That's just great messaging on your part. I just had, you know, a sister, I feel, po- a sister podcast. Yeah, I feel like this is we become the ringer. We're like ringer Philadelphia at this point. We don't make nearly as much money and we're not quite as annoying, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, so Crossing Broad FC is a show that we do. Uh, it goes up every Saturday morning or before Saturday morning. It depends. Phil and I usually record Thursday nights and it's there in time for you to listen to. It's uh, an international soccer podcast. We cover uh, the Champions League is the hot topic right now. So we do a recap every week of Champions League matches. We kind of preview and recap the biggest news in the Premier League in Serie A. Uh, That was a big talking point we had last week with Napoli Mm -hmm. and Juventus uh, only separated by a point going into these last two games. And that will be a mess that we'll talk about uh, coming up this week. We've kind of avoided League N because there's no reason to really focus on it that much. And uh, the Bundesliga, um, especially with Bayern Munich, uh, being involved in the Champions League semifinals and, well, no no longer at this point. <laughs> no. uh, but them also hiring a manager, you know, with a few weeks to go in the season and how odd that was. So uh, we, we, I think, do a pretty solid job. And we uh, have also been kind of covering the CONCACAF Champions League a little bit at a distance. So, you know, it's a good it's a good spot to kind of get your uh, your fill of all of the <laughs> fill of all of your international soccer needs. And uh, yeah, that's what we do. Crossing Broad FC, uh, check it out on the Crossing Broad Podcast Network. Just go to the site, and uh, we have all the links uh, now displaying correctly at the top of the site. So just click on podcasts, and all of them will be on there. We have two soccer podcasts. How about that? You know, if the trolls in the comments section can't seem to fucking get over themselves when it when it comes to the understanding that, yes, there are two soccer podcasts on the network. But the whole point of it was that, you know, it's always soccer had existed since 2016, and you and I said, okay, well, why you and Phil wanted to do your thing. Why don't we just wrap mine into it? That makes more sense, right? And all these people misread it, and they were like, well, nobody gives a shit about soccer. You know, you're going to have two soccer podcasts. Well, one is more than enough, you know? So I think people kind of, like, didn't really understand that mine already existed, and we were just kind of wrapping the whole thing up into a bow. Um, but I don't really put too much stock into what the average Crossing Broad commenter uh, yeah. says anyway so yeah i mean it's <laughs> i just found i just found it funny because they completely missed the point of was course. that guy kinker was was he the guy that calls himself kinker oh my you know if nothing uh, the, else the somebody, guy who posts who posts uh, somebody, seven times a day under seven yeah, different names yeah yeah see that's that's the thing too i i we've said this on i think crossing broadcast and probably on crossing broad fc or maybe snow the goalie i don't know i'm there we do so many shows now yeah russ does that, but by just, the way let me just let me just say russ i think appears on almost every do you do appear on every single show no you're not on the baseball one right? i'm on the baseball one Okay. You don't want me on the baseball one. No. I, I'd, I'd go fill, like full on Phil about, you know, Philly's <laughs> prospects and Sixto Sanchez. I don't need to go there. Believe <laughs> me. Sanchez. So Russ is, uh, 
Uh, if, if you like uh, Sixers, Flyers, wh- whatever else, Russ is doing that too. And, and Russ is the man who made the whole network happen. So uh, check it out. Crossing Broad FC, a sister podcast of It's Always Soccer in Philadelphia. <sighs> but that's, that's enough of that. Let's talk yeah. about uh, 23 shots to four shots. Philadelphia Union, uh, 60%, pos- 60% possession a three to two win and it's DC United. Uh, you know, it's, it's a, a good win. It's a win that they needed. Uh, it stops the bleeding, uh, obviously at least for a week. Um, you know, the fact that they only won three to two <laughs> despite, uh, you know, out shooting a team 23 to four at home is, is something else. But uh, you know, I, I've, we've obviously focused on a lot of negatives on this, on this podcast over the years. So, uh, let's talk about a positive instead. And, uh, I don't know, you tell me, what are your takeaways from that one? Well, I didn't hate seeing Elsino on the right flank. I thought that was something that they kind of needed to try. I feel like the uh, the way that Akam has been set up and the way that, you know, Fafa coming off suspension, I think the way that they, they set this up and Jim Curtin's patented four two three one, I just kind of feel like Pico and Akam in a lot of ways are a similar player. And I don't mm-hmm. think that Fafa gives you enough on that flank that – you know, if I'm a if I'm a, a manager putting in some kind of a tactical game plan, I'm probably shading my defense more to shutting down a com. You know, I'd rather if I have to go into it, I'd rather give you Pico and and give him space to operate. I'm not too worried about him. Um, and we know that Doshkal has not been working out so well. Um, but it was nice to see him get on the score sheet. You know, be a little bit selfish. I don't mind our number ten being a selfish a selfish guy taking a shot. You know, at at pretty much a zero angle, I would never expect to see that that shot go in, especially with his current form. But even Sapong, you know, getting on on the score sheet. I mean, honestly, it's it's kind of a fake win. Like it it counts, and I don't want to be Mister Pessimistic over here because I you know I get tagged that with that with pretty much every team in Philadelphia. But like, it's DC United. You know, like yeah, you should yeah. you under no circumstances should you lose at home to DC United. So like, you know. We, I think this has been a thing that you guys have talked about, you and Dave. Um, you know, you're rolling out this this wicked young back line, and uh, with the exception of you know God's gift to the Philadelphia Union, Ray Gaddis playing left back. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's a young lineup. I miss Fabinho. Um, I don't know. Bedoya is still out of position. It's just stupid, man. Like it's the same thing every year, and like it's yeah. great to get a win, so that's exciting. Hooray! You know, I've got coworkers who have season tickets still and they they are you know continuously um living in this like i I don't know this little bubble that they think everything's going to get better and it's like you know you're going to win some games here but like when you inevitably end up a few games out after you hit a hot streak sometime in like july or august or something and you fall a couple games short of of making the playoffs like you come back to this early on stretch where they they really have just sucked you know well yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, let me start micro before I go macro. Uh, you know, you mentioned Ilsenia being in there, um, and also, you know, Akam and Pico kind of being the same kind of player um, and having redundant kind of skill sets, which obviously, you know, depending on who they're playing around on the right flank or the left flank, obviously it, it influences what happens around them. Um, but yeah, Ilsenia, I mean, I think you saw it. Like like with, with Pico and Akam, when you have your speed guys, uh, your your burner types when they don't have any room, to actually burn then nothing happens you know and um i think what you saw with Delcino is he just you know it's a slower game he's just better on the ball has a better understanding in the interchange and the the overlapping play with keegan rosenberry coming down the right uh bedoya wants to be over there anyway you know as we've talked about ad nauseum on past podcasts how he's got that right sided tilt and he's always over there anyway uh doge call seems to want to lean over there too at the same time so like a lot of times in that game you saw like four guys sort of standing over in the corner and uh, while it was totally lopsided they had some nice little uh exchanges and bouts of possession and some uh, a lot of key passes and um and carved out a lot of opportunities from it and that's fine for now um but i think you know like you were mentioning when fabinho comes back and he's playing on the left uh, or even if Matt Real gets another shot on the left, he opens up a com a lot more because right now they just don't have, you know, as good of a defender as Ray is, and he's been a good soldier and a, and a solid player for this team for a while. He's not a left back. You know, he's not <laughs> left-footed. He's not going to overlap. He's not going to peel a guy off you. You know, it's the same basketball analogy I use all the time. Like the, the fullback and the outside back, or the fullback and the outside midfielder, 
it's kind of like a two-man game in basketball. It's like a pick and roll. You know, if two guys are just going to stand there on a comm, you need somebody else who's going to threaten that second guy and make him come off uh, because right now he's sort of running into walls and he doesn't really have anywhere to go. So um, and I think you see that. You saw that that the drastic change with Del Senio in there versus Pico. So I know it's just interesting. I think they're a flawed team, kind of like an unbalanced team. Um, but I could see that. I see a blueprint now, the a, a way forward maybe. Little Senior on the field. I don't know what that means for Pico. I guess he comes off the bench no matter what. Maybe put a com on the bench. Maybe start Pico on the left. But um, it seems oh, like you got a little bit of. It seems like you got a, at least a, a little bit of a diagnosis of of here's why it's tilted and here's why one guy's effective versus one guy's not effective. Sending a com to the bench would uh you know reestablish the long held Philadelphia Union <laughs> thing of making a big money signing and then the guy rides the bench. It's essentially the, uh, the equivalent. It's it's the equivalent <laughs> of the, uh, hey, the Sixers have a first-round draft pick and that guy's not playing for a year. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well. We love our storylines in Philadelphia <laughs> or Chester or, you know, wherever you decide to play that week. But, like, yeah. that could anything be more disappointing than seeing a com end up on the bench to <sighs> – Look, no, and it's not his fault. I mean, it's not like I, I the way that they're deployed. Like I get it, he doesn't have that guy behind him. So, but here's the thing: now, if you put a com on the right, um, is he going to have with, with an overlapping fullback who's going to be able to uh, to be that peel threat and uh, you know a, a, a number eight who drifts over there anyway? Uh, does a com turn into a you know a possession player? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I really don't know. So, um, yeah, God forbid you just change the formation and do something differently. Um, that's, can I just say really quick, like that's, that's the thing that I think more than anything, I, I just don't think Jim Curtin's a good manager. And like, I, I think at some point the people who like to kind of say that he hasn't had anything to work with over the years, mm-hmm. eventually that's going to run out or it's going to be like the year 2033, Jim Curtin's still managing a team in Chester who happened to still have a cheap owner. <laughs> like, I mean, if, if you want to continue yeah. to get on that on that spinning wheel, like whatever, but I'm Daenerys Targaryen. Like I want to break that wheel. You know yeah, what I mean? Like I'm here to break I'm, the wheel. I, yeah. I'm not, <laughs> but like, seriously, like it's, 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 anno- it's, it's annoying to me in, in so many ways, but like, I, I just, this whole concept of the union can't run anything other than a four, two, three, one is, is insanity. All right. Like I've coached middle school. Okay. Mm-hmm. We run multiple formations. Now, you're going to tell me that <laughs> yep. like, you're going to tell me that kids who are like, what, 12 years old, 13 years old, have never played the game before. We can explain to them and, and help them understand the differences between like a 4-2-3-1 flipping the triangle in the middle of a game. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. A f- like a 4-4-2. F- f- like, seriously? Like, the the idea that you've had an academy system in place and that's what you've been touting as as kind of your you know, differentiating factor in this league and just wait until the academy kids come up. Like if you haven't been doing a good enough job in the academy of of implementing, you know, different tactical styles, different different formations, different ways of approaching the game, then like your academy's flawed. Like the the entire setup is wrong. And like if you're bringing in guys like Bedoya, Ilsenio, Doshkal, you know, that have had international experience or Madunian who's had international experience, you're gonna tell me that those guys don't know how to play in a formation other than a four, two, three, one? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Jay Simpson, we know doesn't fit in the system. You brought in a guy who just flat out doesn't play or fit in the system that you run, and your manager is unwilling to make a change. Like in any other sport, we say that's bad managing, that's bad coaching. Yeah. But for yeah. some reason in Philadelphia, like with the union, we just say, well, he just doesn't have the talent around, you know, in front of him. Well, yeah, I don't I mean, get it. Yeah, I mean, it's that famous quote from Ernie last year where I asked him straight up, I'm like, like so you're telling me like these guys have played in World Cups and stuff, they can't play a different formation, <laughs> you know? And uh, I think his answer was something along the lines of, well, you know, some of them can, but not all of them. And so if, like, so what, like the younger kids can't do it? But if you're committed to bringing the younger kids through and you don't think they're smart enough or, or shrewd enough to to learn a different system, then they're in this perpetual cycle of it's never going to be anything different. You know? And it's like when you tell when you tell somebody it's like imagine the Sixers going out there and saying, like, we're only gonna run um, you know, double curls off of down screens. You know, that's all we're gonna run. We're gonna run that from the Delaware eighty seven or or the blue coats to you know, the the <laughs> <laughs> you know the preseason to like uh, Jonah Bolden stashed overseas. We want him to uh, learn the same thing too. Love Jonah Bolden. But like, you see what I mean? I mean, how stupid yeah, does it sound when you when you put, when you put it into other sports? Now, now say like, okay, so say the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles say we're only going to run jumbo set 
you know, and we, we're only going to run the Garrett blunt sideways out of the shotgun uh, because that's what we believe in and that's what we're committed to and we want everybody to learn it. Okay, well, somebody on the other side who's game planning against the Philadelphia Eagles says, well, they're not going to fucking run him north-south. You know, well, that's <laughs> so it's, so it's exactly like, what happened you, to Marco so, Murray and Chip Kelly, right? <laughs> I mean, case in point, right? Well, that, like play, that playbook was like four oh plays deep, too. But you know what I mean? It's like, why, why would you ever, you know, so even if that's what you believed, like, why would you ever tell anybody that? You know, because you're just selling yourself short and you're eliminating one whole, like, you know, area that you can explore tactically and, and with, with flexibility to, to, to give yourself an advantage. Why would you shut that door before it even opens? That's like also one of the, the most basic coaching principle things when you're in an interview too, right? Like one of the first questions you're asked is, well, what kind of formation are you going to run? And what's, what is the basic answer you're supposed to give to that? Well, you know, this might be the formation that I like to run, but I also need to assess my personnel and decide what formation fits them the best, mm -hmm. right? Like you, this is square peg round hole, except it's been every year. It's been every <laughs> year that Jim Curtin's been the yeah. manager. Yeah. And for some reason... You know, Ernie likes to come out and like bring out a different kind of soap or something to uh, to try to like lubricate their way through this this square into a round hole. It doesn't work like get the Crisco. It doesn't work like none of none of this. Like even if you're able to find success against a D.C. United team that you absolutely have to beat at home, like you're not going to compete. We, we know that they've been left behind. They are being left behind by expansion sides. We know that at this point, it would take an intervention of epic proportions. It would take Josh Harris having to buy the team or Michael Rubin buying the team or John mm -hmm. Middleton buying the team for them to become anywhere near as relevant just in, in the schemat like in the scheme of the league itself in terms of on on field product as like an Atlanta United. I mean like there's there is no path right now with this current front office, this ownership group, this manager, and even with the players they have on the field to, to get any kind of a, a real foothold in this city. And it's a shame because I've said it for, I don't know, years now that they had a window. The Philadelphia Union had a window to become relevant in this city. They were never going to be able to convert, you know, football only fans into becoming soccer fans. But while the Phillies were atrocious and on the decline since like, let's say 2012, they had a, a solid four-ish year window that they could have really gotten themselves a little bit of a summer foothold here. They weren't going to replace the Phillies, but they were an exciting team in, in theory with a nice stadium in a not great location, but it's like a good game day atmosphere. It's a nice place to tailgate. You could have built off it and, you know, for whatever reason, it could be cheap owners, it could be, you know, whatever you want to go with, they blew it and they have lost themselves, you know, in this weird kind of muck where it's, it's not even like they're like in obscurity. They're, they're just, they're just there. I mean, even <laughs> fans that I know that have uh. been passionate about this team, they're apathetic. I mean, like I have friends like that I had season tickets with who say like, I've watched one game all season. I mean, it also doesn't help that you have to find them half the time on like the Live Well Network or Unimas. Yeah, Unimas but like, yeah. you know, yeah, that's yeah. it's just a shame. I hate it because I love the team. I love the theory. Like, I love the idea behind the team. I love the branding. Everything about it's great, except what we see on the field. Well, I mean, what, where they are right now is kind of kind of speaks to what you just said. You know, eighth place in the East. You know, two wins, three losses, two draws. Uh, 1.14 points per game. You know, that's sort of where they've always been <laughs> and where they always finish, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth, kind of hovering around there, bouncing back and forth a little bit. Montreal's kind of crappy. They're right behind him. DC's obviously behind him. And then Toronto's kind of just like an outlier because they're coming off the, the Champions League. Uh, same with Seattle, too, when you combine the tables. So, you know, again, it's like it, it reminds me, uh, you know, trying to be like positive after the win because, like, you know, it, obviously the the story is negative. It's overwhelmingly negative. Everything about this team is negative. It's just pedestrian and whatever. And uh, you know, when if, if you're just telling the truth and staying the course, that's what you're going to sound like no matter what. But you know, I'll try not to be a negative asshole if I can. Um, so try to find positives after that that win. But you know, the reality of the situation is like it. it you know, just sort of I'm, I'm looking at the schedule, looking ahead on the schedule, and I'm like, okay, well they got at Toronto, at Columbus at Montreal and like I've just you know it's hard to be positive when you know exactly what's going to happen you've seen this before um 
So uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's, it reminded me of, uh, you know, a commercial, that guy who does like the flex seal shit where he's got like the yep. family of products and he's got the, the paint and the, like the spray. And then like he glues like a, like a two concrete blocks together with flex seal or some shit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's one, there's like one part in that commercial where he just puts like a, he's got like a pipe. It's just like water's just like flying out of the pipe and he just puts like a piece of tape on it. Right. Like the flex seal tape and the whole thing stops leaking. Like, but you know, the once that tape comes off, the water's going to come flying out again, you know? And that's just what I see with the Philadelphia Union. Like, they, they always they always do this. They always win, like, one game at home, or maybe they'll get a draw or, like, another tie or something, and they'll, they'll stay afloat. Like, they're never they're never bad enough to, to be, like, horrendous, you know? Like, they never reach the point where it's just, like, dire crap. Uh, it's always eighth place, ninth place, seventh place, whatever. And they always do enough to give everybody hope. But I think in the back of their mind, everybody knows it's not going to be uh, not going to be good enough, you know. And so I think it speaks to what you're saying, where it's just, you know, again, the anger just sort of turns to kind of like people are like, well, whatever. I don't even really care. Yeah, I mean, like they're they're essentially like the mid 2076ers or like late 2076ers, like a 500 ish team. They they always get close to the playoffs. Maybe maybe in theory they could try to push it with like a real nice late streak, but like ultimately, you know, they're not a contender. You know and who like, they are? Look, here's, here's like kind of a random example, you know, cause, cause now I'm like all NBA. I do like an NBA comparison every single oh podcast. Gosh, you, wait, now you do, I cover you do stuff. Day. Wait, you do stuff with the NBA. Uh, yeah. Believe it or not. I'm not that what? active on Twitter uh, or on the crossing broad Slack chat, but uh, I do write about it. They're like, a, they uh, remind me of like um, this, this iteration of the Philadelphia union reminds me of like the Detroit Pistons. Ooh. Where you have like you know some nice players on there like Andre Drummond's like a good player and like you know you can get some stuff out of him every night and like like Tobias Harris me, could hit some shots for you or whatever the fuck like, give me some <laughs> give me some mid uh, <laughs> some middling play by Blake Griffin on a max contract yes, yes. that's what they, I want they make a trade like Blake Griffin is like David Akam you know like uh, you know oh. the big name like whatever the hell thing but he's like nah I mean he's like playing for the Pistons now so. Um, Does David Akam also happen to look like the generic uh, Mike Creator player on like 2K or FIFA? <laughs> I've always thought Blake Griffin. No but That's you know what so I mean? Bad. It's like, so the Pistons are like kind of there and they're like in 10th place, 9th place. They're technically like still alive until, uh, you know, like the last couple games and then the Sixers eliminate them from the from the playoffs or whatever. But it's just, it's like, it's just enough to like kind of keep you barely interested. And then you're like, well... You know, whatever. You know, I feel like Dave and I are doing like the same podcast week in and week out, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, look, I think to some extent, if I'm going to look for a positive, so I'll, I'll find one. Yeah, let's find it. Let's for, do it. Let's for do a years? glass half, half full thing okay. here, Ross, about that. <sighs> okay, this is hard. Dig deep and uh, so, see if you can find a positive, something nice to say. Um, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But then we wouldn't have a podcast. All right, the show's yeah. over. Yeah. No. All right, so I'm glad to see that Keegan Rose, Rosenberry and his Amish beard has returned. That's positive. I, I'm happy to see that he's back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad to see that he hasn't been buried on a depth chart because, you know, he happened to, you know, put out a tweet that Jim didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I like seeing a guy with the last name Elliot playing because, you know, the last one won us a, a Super Bowl. And plus, let's let's be honest here. Um Jack Elliott did a great job last year. He was, he was, you know, the rookie of the year in my heart. Um, yep. But I like to see Trusty. I, I like seeing these young guys brought up. Now, I know that it causes issues on the back end. It's the same thing that, like, Anthony and I will talk about all the time on, on the Snow, Go- Snow the Goalie podcast, the Flyers podcast. But, like, you want to have youth in defense. You do worry that they're going to get themselves caught out of position and ultimately, like, their inexperience is going to lead to goals going in. So, like, I, I understand the people that, that don't like Real being in there at the same time as, like, Trusty and Elliot and saying, like, look, this this back line is the youngest in MLS history and you don't get a prize for that. But, like, to some extent, I am happy to see that, you know, they, they are going to roll out with some youth. It breaks my heart a little bit that Fontana had such a good first game of the season and then, you know, Doshkal comes in and he's got an international pedigree, so he yeah, gets to play. Yeah. And I also feel bad for Derek Jones. Derek Jones is a. I don't even. I don't know what the hell's going on there. Like Derek Jones to me, this is this is why. Like I know that you say this all the time, but like you're totally spot on with it. You know, if if the idea is to kind of differentiate what you're going to get on the flanks between like a common pico and and we like what El Senio brought, then just move Bedoya up, move Bedoya up mm-hmm. to where El Senio played. 
put Derek Jones in, flip the triangle, do something. Like, I, I don't mind him getting in there because we know that he's a solid player. He's a good young player. And him being buried right now just makes no sense to me. I mean, like, if you're going to do that, then you may as well just try to sell high. Like, try try to sell the kid as, you know, a good young stud that you think you can build around. You know, if, if you're a, a franchise that's looking for a, a low-cost, you know, defensive mid or something. I, I don't get it. I don't like it. I love Madunian in. I think he's a good player. Um, but, like, the way that, that they've kind of gone with this all-in on youth and defense, but then... They're so reluctant, it seems, to play guys like Fontana or, or you know, Derek Jones. It's yeah. it's alarming to me. It's it's kind of a bummer. Like I, of all the spots that you would think, like getting Fontana some some more significant minutes in some position on the offensive side of the ball would you know certainly benefit them. I would think long term. And I'm sure Austin Trusty and Mark McKenzie would feel a lot better if they actually had like a bona fide like defending defensive midfielder playing in front of them instead of a turnstile like Madunian and who's just a possession kind of guy who's really not really not even built for for this system anyway you know um you know like like for example the, the first goal that they gave up the other day where Elliot turned the ball over Trusty kind of tried to close the guy out from like 30 some yards and Madunian was too slow and probably didn't even recognize the rotation or the slide that he was supposed to do anyway um you know, if Trusty has Ozzy Alonso next to him or Derek Jones next to him or uh, Felipe next to him or something like that, then it's different, you know. But, you know, imagine that being your assignment. You're finally starting your first games as a pro and uh, you have like a totally different kind of six playing next to you. It just doesn't even, you know, it just seems like, 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 like you said, I mean, Jim just has the system. He's going to die on, on the hill with it. And I think he thinks that, like, making changes, like, is an admission of, like, defeat or panic or, you know, just saying that it's not working right now. But that that's not – I mean, so what's the alternative? What's the alternative? You're just going to, like, ride 4-2-3-1 into the sunset and just die with it? Yeah, I had a I had a Sons of Ben song that I wanted them to roll out, which I know that they won't do <laughs> because it's the same five songs, um, which I can say because I've been a, a, a dues-paying member for a while. There you go. Um I I liked a while ago. I was gonna say four, two, three, one. Still haven't won. Four, two, three, one. <laughs> I actually had all these things. Zolos. Uh, so when uh, when they hit the skids again, Zolos is gonna become no goals, no goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no goals, no goals. Come good. on, you boys and blue. Yeah. yeah Come on, Union, score a goal. It's really very simple. Put the ball into the net. Uh, never mind. You can't. Just end the song. Like it's great. Oh, it I've just stops. Right. It just stops after that. Yeah. Line. It just okay. it just stops. Um. You know what? If if we need to get like trusty some kind of a sports psychologist or somebody who uh, who would understand what it's like to have a turnstile for a defensive midfielder playing in front of them, uh, look no further than Richie Marquez. He had to deal with Marisa Du at least on the practice field for a while. Yeah, so. well. <laughs> there's my there's my drive by shot oh. at uh, you know. All right. Well, on that note, the Philadelphia <laughs> Union legend Marisa Du. I feel bad for Mel. I don't even know what the hell he's doing right now. He was tra- he was training with LAFC, but I don't know. Maybe I should make some phone calls and find out where the hell he went. Um, all right, you know, let's take some questions. You want to do that? I love questions. All right, because I told you I wasn't going to keep you for that long. Um, all right, uh, let me see here. F- Eric Snyder says, what is the name of your podcast? Uh, it's always Soccer in Philadelphia. That's the name of it. <laughs> I think Eric's one of my Sixers followers. Sometimes when I like when I send out like these tweets where I'm like, if you guys have questions, like I think my Sixers followers get confused. and like, you have a Sixers podcast? I'm like, no, I don't, but I probably should. Um, uh, Rick McGovern says... Does beating DC United actually hurt the union in the long run? I mean, it's a good question. You know, it's like, it's, you know, it's like what we were just saying, you know, where they're always good enough to like keep their head above water, where you'll, you kind of, in, in a weird way, you just want it to kind of crash and burn and hit rock bottom, uh, you know, or else something's not going to change, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I, w- I would love to think that if they had lost to DC United, that that would have, that would have called for a coaching shakeup. But here's the other problem with that too. It's just like in any sport. I mean, like the union have had a history of parting ways with a coach mid season and then putting in an interim. And then it just so happens that they can't find a better guy. So the interim, you know, ends up becoming the manager. Mm-hmm. I would have much rather just see them make the change at the end of last season and, and like actually do a bona fide coaching search. Uh, not that it would have netted it anything better than one of the assistants being promoted, but at least go through the motions of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Jeff says, how many psychologically experimented upon mice and rats with magic amulets would it take to raise Talon Energy Stadium into the air 
and move it from Chester to Pat. <laughs> Wait, let me get through the question here. Um, let me start over. How many psycholo- <laughs> This is a long one. How many psychologically exper- experimented upon mice and rats with magic amulets would it take to raise Talon Energy Stadium into the air and move it from Chester to Patterson near the river, a la the Brisby House at the end of The Secret of Nim? Oh, that's that movie. <laughs> Isn't that that like animated movie? Is that how you I say no it? I have no idea. <laughs> is that like Airbender? No, no, I don't know. It would take, uh, well, the answer is a lot. It would take a lot of uh, experimented upon mice and a lot of money. Uh, those mice would have to have a lot of money too. Uh, no, legit, it would it would just take Josh Harris and Michael Rubin buying the team. Uh, I think they would cut their losses. To be honest, yeah, like I really do. Yeah, I just feel bad I, for Chester because they, they, they got sold a b- bill of bullshit, you know. But sorry, Chester. Yeah, I guess it is what it is, you know. Um, it it does suck. I mean, it's a shame they were promised all this revitalization and it never happened. Like it sucks, you know, politics and and owners and all that stuff. It just doesn't work out. Um. John Harris says, will you also start doing the Crossing Broad FC podcast? The host is great. The standard commenter is not so great. Who's that? Is that Phil? Is Phil the standard commenter? I don't know. Poor Phil. Don't Phil's hate on right. Phil. All right, John. Phil, Phil, just, Phil, uh, Phil is Phil. You know, he's got I his love, takes. Look, Phil, Phil is fantastic mm-hmm. on our show. Because Phil does all of the the producing work of it. He he like Phil is is wicked knowledgeable yeah. about the EPL especially. Um, he does a really nice job with that stuff, and I I appreciate what he does. Phil he's, Phil knows his stuff. He just has to unpackage it. He has to not package it. It's like a disgruntled like knee jerk um, Philadelphia sports fan. Is that fair? Is that fair to say? Yeah, his his Sixers stuff. He and I disagree so so much about yeah, the Sixers that we we'll just try not to we try not to get into the Sixers talk. Uh, he and I at least before we record a show. But yeah, uh, the soccer stuff. We'll good. have to dump. So we'll thanks, have to, thanks, John. We'll have to, John Harris. We'll, I see. We'll have you. to export like the entire Slack chat after a Sixers a bad Sixers loss, and we'll have to send it to uh, Assange at WikiLeaks, and he can <laughs> he can put it up there, and you, everybody can see what we're dealing with. With the water, the water <laughs> drops in the background. I've never understood that. I guess because it's WikiLeaks. Okay, yeah, that's it's great. like leaking. The world's leaking. All right, Matt. Yo, shout out to John Harris really quick. Mm-hmm. That's it. An amazing Twitter avatar. He's got, it looks like a pretzel on a paper plate yeah. as his picture, and then his, his banner photo looks like some hardwood. That's nice. That's cool. John, we appreciate right. the question and the follow. Um, Matt says, does getting a new striker get Philly into the playoffs? Um, they had one. They had one on their discovery list. They just didn't get anything for him. Yeah, he's uh, n- now been discovered by uh, the Los Angeles Galaxy. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, they still have enough flaws that it's not really like. I mean, if you put Dom Dwyer on this team, does he get you a bunch of goals? Probably, yeah, because could, CJ can't create his own shot. That's a problem, you know? Um, I mean, CJ's good at what he does. He's very limited at what he's limited at. You know, there's there's peaks and valleys there. Um, so I'd, I'd say no, just because of the fact that they have a lot of other bullshit to deal with, you know? I miss you, Fernando Aristigueta. You had a I beautiful like Fernando, last name. Man. Fernando was a good dude. Great hit. Great hair. Terrible too. first touch, but terrible first. He, he was, was delightful. slow as hell, but he was really good in the air. Uh, Anthony Oliver says, best sponsor option for next year. Is it Wawa, Dogfish Head, Yards, uh, the Republic Trash Company? <laughs> <laughs> or my dog Baxter, who I did not introduce because I think he's downstairs on the ca- on the couch right now. I heard Baxter was still tired from you guys. I put the mic in his face after the last episode. It was just a lot for him. That was terrible radio or terrible podcasting, wasn't it? I mean, we had like ten seconds of silence where we just had we had we were holding two microphones uh, to the dog's mouth, and the dog doesn't normally talk or bar- well, of course he doesn't talk. He doesn't bark. He's not- <laughs> this this. <laughs> dog doesn't talk what the hell's wrong with <laughs> but sometimes we can growl at him and we'll get him to respond like he's thinks we're like playing or something but he's not he's not to this day he's been he's been in the room for like 40 uh podcasts and he's not said a damn word he's like barked at a squirrel but that's about it in fairness it's better than most uh sports radio calls that you'll hear no it's you know, true it's very true and your commute anthony i'm gonna um, say the uh, i'm gonna actually go go with a different choice i'm gonna say comcast Hmm. Here's a question, Russ. Let me ask. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you a question. If yeah. Josh Harris and uh, Wolf Blitz, not Wolf Wolf Blitzer, David Blitzer, <laughs> I'm Wolf Blitzer, <laughs> Harris Blitzer, 
Josh Harrison, Wolf Blitzer's company. Uh, David Blitzer. I'm just trying to imagine Wolf Blitzer trying to watch a sport. Be the like, most his face barely it. moves as is. Yeah. Like, well, breaking news. A bomb uh, could go just, off. Like, just into the newsroom tonight, we've learned uh, that Syria. Um, uh, so let me ask you this. If Josh Harris and David, if Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment bought the union, um, who do you think they would get as a shirt sponsor? Hmm. Who do they have? They they have StubHub on the Sixers jerseys now, right? They do. That would actually be a pretty a pretty solid idea to just keep the marketing the same. Mm. Although I don't I don't know what StubHub's interest it would be. I I think um, if I'm looking at this list, I think Wawa makes a lot of sense. But honestly, I don't care who their sponsor is. I just want them to incorporate the uh, the sponsorship into the aesthetic of the jersey. I know yeah, that that seems like yeah, a lot yeah. to ask, and I know that like LAFC, the YouTube TV, like it's still got the bright red, which is synonymous with YouTube. But like, if you're gonna go with the Wawa or even a dogfish head of yards, like keep the color scheme the same. Like I know that you want it to stand out, but like, I'm more likely to buy a jersey that looks good. And you know, Bimbo, you know, rest in peace. Yeah. You're not getting re-upped. But yeah. like walking into, you know, walking into a, a school or a workplace or whatever, and having what people perceive as the word Bimbo written across your chest uh, isn't a very good uh, conversation starter to say the least. The Doobie Brothers, um, not to be confused with the Doobie Brothers, uh, says if the union were a beer, what would they be? Uh, and also, what did you think of uh, Borak Doshkal's game on Saturday? Uh, if the union were a beer, they would be kind of like uh, something that's like just kind of like there, you know? Like you, you can f- kind of fall back on it and you'll probably like enjoy it i guess but it doesn't like jump off the page they're probably like uh the union are probably like yingling like on a menu where you got a bunch of good craft beers no no no. i know you're from pottsville or whatever the fuck but like when (laughs) you when you when like you know when you go to like say you go to a good restaurant you look at the beer list and you're like all right they got yingling and they got like uh you know, like rolling rock, but they also have like, oh shit, like here's uh, like Magic Hat number nine or something, you know? And Magic Hat number nine is like Atlanta United, you know? And then they have like, uh, like Lagunitas little something, something, right? And that's like New York, New York Red Bulls. You know, the union are just sort of like, like, you know, whatever, like the beer that your dad drank, you know? I would, uh, let's stick with Yingling for a second. I'd, I'd say they're either a premium light or they're a Chesterfield ale, a Lord Chesterfield ale, which for those of you listening out in uh, wherever you're at, in uh, in Pottsville, they call Lord Chesterfield ale Chetty. So that's a, a nice little shorthand. You're welcome for that Schuylkill, that Schuylkill County lingo. Um, but no, like they, they kind of are. They're they're like a combination of those two or you something. You want to hear a beer like, hot take? I'll give you a beer hot take. The un- I love the it. The union are like a tired hands beer because they're sour and overrated. How about that? Wow. Wow, man, that one's that's that that take is so hot. I I get, ooh, I need some ointment. This, you know, I need some ointment for my. You hands. know what I've it's... I've found every podcast that I do, no matter like who's on it now as the co-host, like it always kind of falls off the rails around like forty minutes in. No, but that's good. I mean, that's how this is supposed to be. Remember, yeah. this is probably a byproduct of being part of the Crossing Broad Podcast Network. <laughs> it all has to go off the rails. It's really good yeah. programming for like a solid 25, 30 minutes. That's very true. And then at that point, because we don't fill our time with, you know, sports callers calling in, you know, yeah. saying uh, trade tra- <laughs> trade Jared Bayless for uh, Paul George. Yeah, can't you just you throw know? Jared Bayless into a, a trade here and get rid of him? just hate people. The second half of the question, what do you think of Doshkal's game Saturday? I mean, obviously a lot better. I think he had seven key passes and the goal, the game-winning goal, obviously. So, you know, but again, it was it was kind of right-sided. And um, when you go look at the heat maps, um, go to whoscored.com and look up the heat maps there and toggle, like you can put multiple guys in the thing and toggle him, Bedoya, Ilsenio, and Rosenberg at the same time. And you just get this huge, like, like red clump uh, in the right, uh, right corner. And, I mean, whatever, it works this time around, but... All right, I'm gonna cut him. Let's cut him a break, though. Honestly, like it, Dogecoin came in so late into mm-hmm. camp, and and like we always say that that um, summer transfer window guys have such a hard time adjusting because they're coming in at, at such a strange point in the season, and like there is something to be said for building team chemistry, getting used to a new country, getting used to this league and the travel, especially. They always talk about how grueling the MLS travel schedule is. Yeah, yeah. So like, I I don't know you're. You're trying to acclimate yourself to a, a whole new culture altogether. 
So I don't want to say that that's like the reason that Doge Call's been, you know, trashy to this point, but like there there is hope for him. I don't think he's I don't think he's as bad as he may have looked early on in the season. Teppo's dad says, does Akam or uh, Carlos Santana of the Phillies uh, turn it around? Uh, Akam, yeah, I think so. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens when Fabinho comes back and he can kind of release him on the left side there. Uh, Carlos Santana, I have no idea because if I'm being, if we're being completely honest, I don't think I've watched a Phillies game in three years. So, oh boy, yeah. should I admit that? Uh, Santana's that- not Santana's not having a uh, a very good mm-hmm. year right now. He's hitting 153 on the season. Yeah. His uh, his WAR is is uh, my is a negative 0.8. So that's that's not good, Kevin. I'll defer that one to, that's not to good. Bob uh, and Anthony on the crossed up. Uh, podcast for that one uh jared jared yeah. says how many uh how many points do they realistically get out of the next three road games all right you want to go down the list here and just try to all right at toronto the toronto's not playing zero. well but i don't see them yeah getting anything else so zero at columbus um i don't see them winning uh, in columbus maybe one one maybe, maybe a draw one. maybe and montreal they're, montreal's hideous but they're playing at montreal so what do you think you think they get like a point from columbus and like a point from montreal no, I think I think they probably get nothing out of Montreal. So you think like one out of nine, like one? Draw? Yeah, I think everybody's just going to be confused. They're going to be speaking that Quebecois French. Mm. It it really throws you for a loop. Yeah. Now, I, honestly, like Columbus, Columbus, I think is the only one that they can get a point from. That's not me trying to be negative. It's just like it's realistic. Well, Columbus like, is pretty. I don't, good though. I mean, like I don't Montreal. think I don't think they play. I don't think they play historically that well uh, in Montreal. No, they, if memory serves me yeah, correct. They don't. They certainly aren't going to go up and shock Toronto. So then it's like, you've got Columbus. Do I think they're going to go on the road and beat Columbus? No. I think the only way that they could beat Columbus is if Columbus gets relocated to Austin while they're on the plane. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, then beyond that, too, you know, it's uh, home to RSL. Then they play at Red Bull. Then they have Chicago, Atlanta, Toronto after that. So that's why Dave and I were just beating the drum on, like, the early season schedule. Because, again, like, we've seen this before. Uh, the easy part of their schedule, they blow. And then they're looking at this. So, uh, okay, let's see here. Justin says, is the miscommunication between the defense and the midfield going to be a big problem going forward? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Again, part of it is because, like, Madunian is just a, a point-in-directions kind of guy and, and not, like, a guy who's going to track back and help or anything like that. So it's more about he, – he's – how do I say it? He's more of a field general kind of guy. He's not going to put out fire. So he has to like, he does a lot of pointing and talking and like, you know, yelling at guys to kind of get him in positions because he knows that if shit happens, he's not going to be able to help out or recover, you know? So that's just kind of like, I don't, you saw it more with Matt Real when he was back there, where he was out of position and stuff like that. And they just had issues with him, like kind of not being where they needed him to be. Um, so yeah, I think it continues going forward, but it's more, it's from that, the genesis of it is of what kind of player Madunian is, you know. I just worry about showing up. I, I worry about the way that some some of the time that Ali Bedoy is, you know, so demonstrative in, in his uh, kind of disdain and disappointment mm-hmm. in, in the backs. Mm-hmm. That that certainly isn't going to help their development. I know that he, he didn't feel like when he was being brought in here that this is necessarily what he had signed up for. But No, he, was, he didn't reality, sign up this, to, like, bust his ass you know, just to cover for, like, a number six who can't defend – um, yep. you know, in a system where like he's not involved in the buildup. But again, you're paying like a your captain and highest paid players, like you're using him as a glue dude to like cover for a number six who can't defend, you know? And your yep. your captain is a natural winger anyway. So <laughs> it's like the weirdest uh, like, you know, trickle down effect from there. Uh JT yep. says, Is the union of today still paying for the union of the past's sins? Uh, Sakevich and Boley, the reputation amongst other clubs. Can we overcome our past? Well, I mean, I think the addition of Ernie was kind of like turning the page on that, was it not? Like, even if they're having the yeah. same issues, if they're not successful, I don't think it's necessarily any kind of like, you know, curse of Sakevich or Boley or stuff like that. I mean, everybody's pretty much different in every department now. Um, you know, the only constant has been Jay Sugarman, you know, and even Jim Curtin carrying over from there. But no, I, I think like Ernie kind of like, I think that, you know, his appointment kind of wiped the slate clean on that thing, right? Yeah, it was like I was saying before, I think the only the only sins of the past that they're still paying for is the fact that they weren't able to get any kind of a foothold. They really didn't convert a lot of casual fans and, and really get them into uh, to experience the game day. I, look, I think a lot of the people who are going to come out this summer are not going to be your most diehard Union fans. I would still expect that, you know, attendance on any given day is going to be around like, what, half, mm-hmm. half maybe. Yeah. 
Uh, it depends on how the weather is. But like the nice thing is, I mean, I tell people this all the time. The game day experience, I think, is is pretty pretty nice. It's a good place to tailgate. It's an enjoyable game. You know what your your start and end time is going to be. You're not going to be down there for like four hours waiting for you know the refs to finish calling you know every ticky tack foul like you do at a Sixers game or mm-hmm. you know to have to uh, get them to clear off the ice after the fans you know who seem to have believed that you know your half half decent team is going to be able to like, beat a two time <laughs> Stanley Cup champion and like clear the yeah. uh, the hats and the scarves and everything off the ice like no you know what you're getting. And you know that you're going to have an enjoyable time. And if, if you really don't care all that much about the win, you just care about the experience, then it's a great place to go. I mean, it's, I don't know. Dan uh, says, I already know the answer, but if the Union pooped the bed worse than normal on their three-game road trip, does Curtin get to ride in the trash truck permanently? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I would have said that if they had lost to D.C. that you probably should have pulled the pulled the plug right there. But, I mean, let me think. If they... If they uh, you know, say they lose all three of them, and then they end up going what, like two? They'd be two, six, and two, so they would have eight points out of ten games. So that would be like a like a point eight eight PPG, like almost a third through the season. I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't know how you how you couldn't after that. You know, but Ernie has come out and said that. You know, he's he backs Jim Curtin, and he and he believes in him. You know. Uh, yeah, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> Steve's. It's just seriously, like I, I don't think I, I know that people want to think that that some kind of bad stretch is going to be the the death knell in this, mm-hmm. but I don't think there's any way it happens. Like I think it would honestly take like a a ten game losing streak. Yeah. To like even get them to consider it again, like what what's your alternative? Yeah, I mean it's they, probably going to just be an interim they, coach, I don't think right? They have a plan B. Yeah, I mean they just redid the assist all the assistants anyway. So like if you fire Jim Curtin and you, and you have like a caretaker manager, is it Pat Noonan? Uh, you know, is it uh, B.J. Callahan? Is it uh, Dick? Not P.J. Willahan. Is it P.J. Wellahan? Is it um, what the Dutch guy they just hired? This is how out of it I am. I don't even remember what the hell the Dutch guy's name is. I mean, does does he? Yeah, just, just put Van in front of his name. It'll be. Do they fine. get Big Sam Allardyce to come come out to uh, Chester oh, and get please. the lads organized and get them playing good Premier League football? Uh, Michael Card- <laughs> Mike Cardamone says Saturday's game is the best union performance since what? Uh, well, I guess I mean I guess six one Orlando, right? But it's not like Orlando really gave a shit last year, right? Maybe like the three to one win against Dallas, and they beat Chicago at home too. They they always you know that's what I say to Dave all the time. They always like clobber some team that comes into Chester and doesn't give a shit, you know. Yeah, I don't have a good comparison. Are you following along on on this on Twitter right now? Are you like looking at these questions? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna let you. How about I let you ask the next one? How about that? Have you? Be, wait, are you going like in order? Because it yeah. seemed like you were skipping around. No, I'm bit. going in order. I mean, oh. that's what I got here. Uh, okay. Phil Soccer. Uh, this is a big. No, deal. Mine's this not. Is a big, uh, mine's not showing up. Mine's not showing up the same way that yours no, is. Well, this is a big opportunity for you. So why don't you find one that we didn't do yet, and you can ask it. Um. Okay. Let's go with uh, do, 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 do. Don Trahosky. Mm-hmm. Is that Trahosky Jr. So. at Air Troll Seven? How many more games will it take for a com to score? I say once Fabi gets back in the lineup, seeing Ray uh, push up too high on the left and try to create offense makes me curse like you on the last yeah, podcast. I'm sorry. I would have foul mouth the last time. <laughs> we should put a warning on the, uh, on the podcast. Um, how many games will take for a common score? Well, you know, theoretically, you know, these next three games are going to be on the road and they're going to kind of be penned in. They're not going to have 60% possession, you know, um, I could see them playing a little bit of counterattack maybe in these next three games, and maybe Akam does finally find some space to get out there and nick a goal or steal something or you know, just have more room to operate. Uh, yeah, I could see it happening in Columbus, Columbus or Montreal. Um, Toronto, I just don't feel like – I feel like the Toronto slump ends at home against the Philadelphia Union, you know? Here's a question that I – oh, this one just popped up. Um, Kevin mm-hmm. – Oh, this one. Oh, the, sorry. This one is, I guess, addressed to you. So here, here you oh. go, Kevin. Um, how do you get your hair to look so nice? And is it possible for you to get hair plugs for Bob? That's oh, that's so, not. That's a cross of broad comments. So that's not. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. That guy. Uh, speak just so, just so people know. I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast before, but 
most of the crossing broad like comments that you read it's not like if there's like 12 people and it's just like you know ripping me for my hair or like whatever it's usually like three different guys who are posting four times like it's really a small number of trolls who just say the same shit over and over and over and over again so the weirdest thing is when it's the same guy complimenting himself on a brilliant comment yeah, that's that's like where it gets awkward, yeah. that's creepy that's really awkward you want to start conversation like that's yeah. fine but yeah yeah uh, all right so i think that's all i think that's all we got here oh you know wait, wait we got one more from uh, austin uh, C137 he says how many points are the U going to take from the next three games well I think I said uh, like I think two one or two um, and is it just me or does the new Han Solo movie look like it's going to suck wow um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I haven't seen. I haven't seen the Han Solo thing. I saw the Venom trailer. Well, you know what? I well, well like, did you see? I, I, um, the, uh, what the hell was the one uh, before the last Star Wars? Not the Last Jedi, but the Rogue, Rogue one. one. Yeah, Rogue One was like a standalone, whatever the hell. I know it like fit into the storyline, like between uh, A New Hope and whatever the last of the prequels was with hayden christensen or whatever the hell right like that had a place like in the star wars catalog but that was kind of like a one-off like different kind of thing wasn't it and that was that was a good movie yeah it was fine i didn't i i don't know sure uh that's that's a really see that's a very strong way to finish just like the union will finish yeah we're just we're coming coming down the stretch here ended on a high note um i think that's pretty much all we got here man um so philadelphia union two wins three losses two draws they got eight points all right we're stopping the bleeding for now but we think the bleeding is going to continue russ is that the the takeaway here i think the bleeding is going to keep going but just wait because you know the union listen to this. So Ilsenio is going to go straight on like futsal MVP yeah. and uh, will this team to a victory on the road in Montreal. And when he, when he gets done scoring, he's going to curse at the, uh, the fans in Quebecois French. Well, if the union are listening to this, uh, I want you guys to win and play well. I would love to talk about positives. Uh, you know, try to give credit where it's due. Uh, you just got to go out and, and do it and grab the bull by the horns and, Win some games and get some points here, boys. So, Russ, thanks for hopping on, man. Crossing Broad FC is the show. Go to crossingbroad.com. Check it out. Russ and Phil, uh, you're doing one a week. Is that what he said? Yeah, one, one a, week. a week. Listen to it on Saturday morning uh, before you watch the Premier League on NBC Sports. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brad Pitt. In Inglorious <laughs> Bastards is what I just heard. Uh, bon, bonjourno. Bonjourno from It's Always Soccer in Philadelphia. Kevin, Baxter, Russ, thanks for jumping on, man. We will see you guys next time on episode 40-something. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>